You're listening to Paws, Claws, Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures, great and small, and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. Paws, Claws, Wet Noses is powered by Vet Staff, New Zealand's leading veterinary recruitment agency, helping veterinary professionals find jobs in clinics where they're excited about going to work on Monday mornings. Vetstaff.co.nz Welcome to episode 109. I'm your show host, Julie South. This is the final episode with Dr. Jade Hackney in her series about life after veterinary burnout. At the Christchurch Wellness Symposium, I spent the first day sitting next to a part-time vet. She worked three 10-hour days. She's a fully engaged high-producing veterinarian totally committed to her clinic. She also had a life outside of her clinic which lit her up. If you're a vet mum or dad who wants to work part-time but doesn't know how to re-enter professional clinical life, please get in touch with me at vetstaff.co.nz because I'd love to help you. Likewise, if you're a vet who's not a parent but also wants to work part-time but are encountering resistance with that, again, I'd like to help you as well. As Jade talks about today, just in air quotes, just because you're a part-timer or want to be a part-timer, don't let anyone talk you out of being a contributing and valuable veterinary professional. I'd love to help you. You can call me at vetstaff.co.nz. Today, Jade and I both invite clinic owners to consider, to seriously consider, the benefits of employing part-timers. That's where we join the conversation right now. For clinic owners who are listening to this, thinking, how on earth am I going to work my clinic, mm. operate my clinic on part-timers, get real. Yeah. How do you suggest that that could happen? I honestly don't have a, a real answer because I don't even pretend to understand the running of a clinic and the financial responsibility and the need, what the balance is there. But what I do know is that I am way more productive and will make you way more money when I work part-time. I will make you money because I'm a good vet and doing the right thing for the client and the patient, not because I'm trying to make you money. But I promise you that if you give me two days off a week to work in my garden, I'll be making you way more money because I'll be on form. I'll have the energy to have the difficult conversation that I know is going to take an extra five minutes to make them do the bloods and make them do the workup. Whereas when I'm tired, I'm like, meh, fine, just come on. That's, you know, that's just, I got, there's, there's another 17 cat spades. We just got to, got to do that. And I just think that's realism of, of veterinary is that we can do so much and we just have to stop at some point. There's a point at which if you think about a workup, even for a cat spay, there is so many things you can do in that. But we have time pressures and client pressures and financial pressures that limit us to admit it, spay it, send it back. And there's so many extra things you can do there to add financial stability to the clinic you know convince them to microchip it book them in for the annual check there's so many pet insurance you know all the stuff that you could add that make the owner feel better make the animal feel better be better in general for everyone but if you have 10 minutes and you're tired then it's way easier just to book it in for the spay and send it home and I think for me 
again, knowing nothing about money, I see that being missed a lot. I see the opportunity to have every single patient insured in your clinic is missed because you don't have time or you don't have the energy to convince each client of the benefits of insurance. And if you give your vets the time and the energy, then you're going to, that's where the financial gain would be, not missing all those missed opportunities that every clinic I've worked in, I see those missed opportunities that because I'm only two or three days a week full of energy, fresh, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. But then the full-time vets who just every day slogging away, trying to get through their days, and there's no blame here. I'm not saying it's anyone's fault or any that it, anything, but what I see is that when you look after your vets and they are doing the best for them and their patients, you will your clinic will get better. And I don't see any other other way of that. But and some vets can work full time and do it all. And great, fair play to them. Well done. I'm very impressed and in awe of you constantly, but that's not most of us, I don't think. I also think that for clinics that have a culture of embracing part-timers that I would like to think it would encourage and support those vets who are contemplating leaving or who are no longer practicing as veterinarians because they don't want to work full-time to actually come back and that would help alleviate some of the shortage yeah. that we have right now because it suddenly becomes attractive to them. Yeah. And I think certainly if I'd been working part-time, I wouldn't have got burnt out as much. I would have had, I would have got burnt out because I didn't, I personally didn't have the emotional intelligence to deal with it. And that's what I needed to do for myself, but I would have had two days extra a week to realize that and some space to realize that and the blinkers off for a bit longer Whereas I think when you're working all the time and your blinkers are on and you're stressed, the space to identify another option is is not there. And I think you're right. I think if you don't have space for part-timers, you're missing out on many good vets because certainly even now, so I've been kind of in contact with a friend's friend who's a vet coming over to New Zealand, but she said she's locuming at a place in England at the moment and the boss said to her, oh, these new grads, they never none of them want to work full time and they're so lazy and like so people still have that mental attitude that if you don't want to work full time you're lazy and I can tell you what I am the least lazy that you would ever employ I am so hard working because you have more energy yeah I am very proactive yeah don't like sit still doing loads of stuff will get way more work done and it, it get you way more income than I would if I was working full time because I have energy and I can do it. And I also have the energy to do work outside of work. So follow up on phone calls I've forgotten or look up a case that I need to do. I don't resent that because fine, I'll do it on the day off. That's okay. But if I'm working full time, I don't want to give any second of my spare time at all to veterinary. So if I can't do it in work, it's too late. It's unlucky. I'm doing the best I can. And that's the situation. Whereas when I'm part-time, I don't mind giving up a couple of hours in my non-work time to give to the clinic, to look up things, to sort things out for you. Again, I don't know if that's okay. I probably should get paid for it, but for me, it's fine. And I feel like I'm, I'm a better employee and 
the opposite of lazy, definitely. But that attitude is still around, even you know now. Those poor new grads who'd be applying for jobs at that clinic. It's just if someone is saying to you, "I cannot work full time," and you're saying you are lazy, there's a big problem there. If you've worked with them and identify they're lazy, then that's different. But like just because they don't want to work full time, it is. But to be fair, in Nelson, where I've been working a lot. I think nearly everyone, by the definition of full-time, I don't think any vets work full-time. Nelson is a bit of a happy city, though. Nelson, but it's in, there will be there'll be people listening going, me, I do, hours-wise, definitely. But because Nelson's people live in Nelson because they want to experience Nelson, they don't want to work all day. So I think there's a more of an acceptance there than I've felt anywhere that if you work you know, if you have one day off a week, that's just standard. You like which day off a week do you want? You know, kind of thing. So I guess that's the culture in that area as well versus culture in different areas. And certainly when I first, so I was worked for three and a bit years and then took some time off and came back to a part-time job two or, day, two or three days a week. And everyone would say, oh, how many kids do you have? And I would say, none. And they'd be like, oh, what, what do you do? A lot of people couldn't comprehend not working full-time if you as a woman if you don't have kids and I was like what I do is have a really nice hot long weekend I have four-day weekend I go walking I go tramping I go fishing like in the garden you know I cook from scratch I learn recipes I do all this lovely stuff that's very enjoyable and they're like oh do you not get bored I'm like absolutely not (laughs) I think if you're getting bored with your own life then there's some questions there that you need to start asking yourself and I think that's Another thing, going back to what you said about a lot of vets will, you know, do extra excess exercise or excess eating or excess other things. I've seen it a lot in myself as well. When I first went to part-time, I did not know what to do with myself. Like, because I have a whole day to do something. And I was like, I don't actually know what I like doing because I have never had time to identify what I like doing. So I had to learn what I liked doing in my spare time because normally my weekend was sleeping, getting enough energy to go back to work on Monday and maybe something else if I felt like it. So I never actually had time to be like, oh, do I like walking or do I just, do I like running or do I just do it because it's something to do to get my energy out? Do I like swimming? And I remember the first few times I walked my dog, I, my dogs, I'd be like, okay, half an hour, better get it done. I'm like, wait a minute don't have to get it done, can walk them for many hours, have nowhere to be. So I was like, this is a new experience because I would just be like, okay, have to walk them. That's on my to-do list. Only have half an hour, better do it now was my attitude to everything. And then I'd be like, I have all day to walk the dogs. We could just keep walking forever and not come back till dinner time. It it was so weird to experience that. And again, I think if people will experience that if you're working full-time I was only doing it for three and a bit years and then suddenly have time off you will be like oh (laughs) what do I do what is what is it that I actually do and I think again when you have children there's something to do in that spare time obviously very important job of being a parent and very time consuming and sleep deprivationing but if you take that time off without kids then the reality of your life is very real and you're like okay what do I actually want to do? So that was quite nice as well to go through that journey. It takes a while to figure out how to fill your time (laughs) when you don't, when you're not used to having time. 
how, how um, to fill it with things that are meaningful. Exactly. Or meaningful, but it just you genuinely enjoy them because I used to work my dogs because I have to. I have yeah, dogs. I mean, personally I know that, meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I never walked them because I wanted to, for me, that wasn't, I'd walk them because they needed walked and I had dogs and it was my responsibility and I had half an hour. Whereas now, we'll, I'll take my dog and we'll go for a big walk and it's meaningful for me and I enjoy them and we have a lovely time and it's just a whole different, it's a whole different situation than it would have been when you're trying to squeeze it in before work or after work and resentment again is something that's on me that's my choice to be resentful but definitely had a lot of resentment for things and people taking up my spare time when I didn't have much of it because I'd be like I just want to lie down but I have to walk my dog (sighs) whereas now very much look forward to walking my dog (laughs) I yeah back to your question about business owners I just think that with the attrition rate and with the lack of vets I think just try it (laughs) you know if that's your only option because people are telling you they don't want to work full-time then surely that's surely try it and see if you can make that work and part of me I can't quite articulate it yet but it's kind of coming through much like I was saying about university degree not keeping up with the times I feel like veterinary isn't keeping up with times I feel like veterinary has changed but we still are the same, even though we're the vets. So like the business somehow is exactly what it used to be 20 years ago, but we are all, the whole world has changed, but yet they're running the business the same way as they used to. And that's not everyone. Obviously there is proactive business owners and changes, but in general, the clinics I go to are run the same as they were when I was seeing practice, but it's 15 years later and many things are different. So I'm like, they're like, oh, we just have to open till seven. I'm like, do you? Like, do you have to open till seven? Why don't you just shut at three? And then see what, then you can have part-time vets. You know, I think there's a reluctance to identify that, to see that the whole system might need changing. <laughs> you know, we're trying to fit in the part-time vets to an old system. How about a new system? Yeah, I also think that if you've got part-time vets, Hopefully there would be more part-time vets. Mm. So if you needed to stay open till seven, perhaps one or two nights a week, you've yeah. got enough vets that that don't mind working half a day and it yeah. would be the late, the late half of the day. I think that what got vet clinics to where they are today won't get them to the next no. the next level. And if you keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Albert Einstein said that was crazy (laughs) or insanity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I do see is, again, we are our own worst enemy. And I think it's the blinkers. Again, a lot of people are in the clinic working so hard, can't really, they don't have the space to see that there's another way of doing stuff. And it's not easy and I don't have an answer. (laughs) But I do think that we're trying to fit the new, the way vets now feel about veterinary into the old system of veterinary in general not all clinics but in a lot of clinics and it just it doesn't seem to be working but no one seems to be paying much attention like no one seems to be like uh maybe this is the problem i very much enjoy that not my problem really (laughs) so not a business owner just locum feel very sorry for people having difficult times but also can't take on the whole problem myself so just have to try and raise awareness and ask questions and see and help people that may be going through or 
or thinking the same way I thought, and maybe we can find solutions. What sort of thoughts did you have pre-burnout, pre, pre-recognition that something needed to change? What was yeah. the thought cycle for you? I just was very negative about everything. So basically every small part of the working life and other lives, there's just my mind was complaining about it, um, feeling um, not good enough that I wasn't able to um, cope or put up with whatever the challenges were. And identifying now, they were unrealistic challenges that I was not able to cope with, so that's why I wasn't coping. Um, but I had, yeah, compassion fatigue with regards. I had lack of boundaries being set for the care I was giving to every single patient and client. And that was very draining, but also very frustrating. um, My first boss definitely helped teach me that an animal is someone else's property and you can only do so much. And at the end of the day, they make the decision and you have to be okay with that. Um, Because that's something I, great frustration at me trying my hardest you know I'd lost you know six kilos I looked terrible I was having a bad time but yet it wasn't good enough and these people were still making bad decisions and the pets were still suffering and so I think that frustration was the main thing I was feeling in everything every part of my life and just so tired and I never had any suicidal thoughts I never was at the point the point was kind of veterinary was the problem and if I gave up veterinary then everything would be better there was it wasn't a feeling that of such overwhelm that it was my whole life was the problem it was definitely specifically (laughs) veterinary that I if I couldn't if I just got rid of veterinary then I would be okay was the general feeling and I think lack of support partly my fault for not asking because I felt like I was supposed to just be able to do stuff but also other people not identifying I was a new grad and needed to be told it was okay and I don't need to know everything. Isolation and frustration in just that general feeling about everything and not feeling supported. But before I realised what it was, I think blaming myself for all of that, thinking I was the problem, that I was causing it and I could do better and somehow I would make it better if I just was different so I'd go into work early to sort stuff out leave late to sort stuff out make a big effort to try and make make my life easier but that was not the problem (laughs) and you'd recommend if anybody was experiencing these symptoms now to do a mindfulness enroll in a mindfulness program I think I would recommend letting people know that you do feel like that hopefully you have supportive colleagues or boss around you if you don't there's probably a sign to get out of there but it is difficult but if you say to someone that you're struggling and you're feeling overwhelmed if their reaction is not supportive then that's a sign to get out of that relationship because as soon as if someone opens up to you and says they're feeling isolated and in trouble if, if someone reacts to you aggressively from that information, then they are not the right person to keep talking to. And certainly that's what happened to me. I would I would say say that stuff in the way I knew how at the time and I would just be shot down and told I wasn't working hard enough and I wasn't good enough. And that's why I felt that way. 
which was not the truth. <laughs> so if you feel that way and you say it to someone and they agree with you, then you need to say it to someone else because that person is not the person you need to talk to. And I think awareness and being able to share that is the first step. Mindfulness certainly was helpful, but only at only a year out. You know, it was a year after burnout that I was able to be open enough to understand what mindfulness would be to help me. Up until that point, if you'd enrolled me in a mindfulness course, I would have not really engaged in that at all. So I think my first steps was say, you know, if you're feeling those feelings, saying it to someone and getting someone who will be understanding, whether that's a friend or a colleague or, and I'd also say, do not worry about them being a vet. Cause I was like, oh, my friends won't understand. My partner will understand. They're not a vet, but the feelings you're feeling are independent of veterinary. Then they're not veterinary specific. And yes, people who are not vets don't understand the pain and heartbreak of looking after a client and a patient and it not working or something going wrong, but they do understand isolation and feeling anxious, frustrated. Those feelings are universal. Don't be afraid of telling people who aren't vets because they will, the right people will understand all those feelings, even if they don't understand truly where they're coming from. You know, you do need to do work on yourself, which is unfortunately the bad news. Which is the worst bit. But (laughs) the good news is at the beginning, you need a lot of support from other people too. So you don't have to do it on your own. In fact, you can't, in my opinion, do it on your own, even though you are the problem. You need to do a lot of work, but without a community around you and without support, there is no way you, you can do it. So if your colleagues and your boss are not that community, then you need to find it somewhere else to help you through. I think that's a good place to finish. Mm. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity, and but thank you also very much for holding space for these conversations. Ah, look, because it's very important. I, I want I want as many veterinary staff to go to work excited about Monday mornings mm-hmm. as possibly can. I'm a great believer that. Just because something's been done one way doesn't mean to say it can't be done another. And why can't we just throw all the chips up in the air and see if they land a better way to how they are rearranged now or arranged now? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, we need more. We need more of that thinking in veterinary if we're to survive. (laughs) I had one locum vet a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, and she had been locuming for years because she liked the lifestyle. Mm. And the clinic where she was quite often a locum offered her a job. And she said, yes, I like it here. These are the conditions. I want three day, three consecutive days work a week. I don't mind doing the occasional Saturday, but it's got to yep. be three consecutive we negotiated it and they came back with Monday, Wednesday, Friday. What's consecutive about that? Oh, we can't do consecutive. Why not? Because it won't work with everybody else. Have you asked? No. How about you go back to your team and ask them whether they might like to to work different days? Yeah. Clean your whiteboard and start from fresh, start from scratch. They came back and Everybody had rejuggled their rosters and their days, and they were so happy. Yeah. <laughs> she said to me, I didn't realize we could do this. It's like, well, 
Did Raji could do what? I didn't think we could ask. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And I think that's it. You, I see it a lot in places that I work because people would be telling me stuff. They wouldn't tell other people because I'm a locum. And I just think so many easy solutions. Well, easy, you know, so many things, but just this isn't the way it's done. So I, I love going into clinics and I do this from time to time, but they have to invite me, obviously, mm, yeah. going into clinics and getting that white whiteboard and let's ask what people want and let's yeah. see how we can make it happen. Yeah. Because it can. I hope you found Jade's story enlightening and encouraging. If you're a clinic owner and would like to see whether you can change things around a bit at your clinic to put smiles on everyone's dials, please get in touch with me through vetstaff.co.nz and let's find out what questions that need to be asked at your clinic to have a happy, fulfilling and fully engaged team at your place. If you're a veterinary professional wanting to return Turn to clinical practice, but have some of those fears, uncertainties, and doubts that Jade mentioned today, please get in touch with me because I'd love to help you return to the workforce in a way that respects, honours, and values you as a person and professional. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit that follow button. It's free and give it a five-star review. Wherever you're listening to it too right now. Why? Because it makes a huge difference to helping the search algorithms serve it up for others to listen to as well. So thank you heaps for doing that. This is Julie South signing off and inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you you can be. Kia kaha. Kakitiano, God bless. Paws, claws, and wet noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet Staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, Vet Staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz